Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 31 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I'm your host. Joining me once again in the studio, our worship pastor and the author of the new self-help book that is math-themed called My Problems Keep Multiplying, Right, Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? Feeling good. My problems keep multiplying. That's man. right. Well, it's good to see you in here. And uh, joining us in the studio, the birthday boy, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, happy birthday, happy sir. Happy birthday. Thank you. Do you I need to sing to you? Yeah. No, we can't. We'll, we'll get a copyright you, strike. You that's don't right. Have, yeah, we don't need that to happen. Thank you. Yeah. yeah it's, it's today. Yeah. It's kind of another day. That's right. Yeah. Once you hit this age, they just kind of stop celebrating, you know. But, yeah. but it's a big year, I yeah. think. Yeah, so absolutely. 43. 43. 43. 43. Yeah, 43. Okay. So who's the most famous number 43? I knew you were going to go there. This, this is where he goes every go time. There. Absolutely. Well, every year I have a birthday, I always, that's how I frame the okay. year. You know, I have issues, many. So last, <laughs> well, I think it's clearly defined that Matt and I are not going to know the answer. We're to this not. Question. Last yeah. year was simple because Jackie Robinson, number okay. 42. Okay. Sure. So it's the only number retired by Major League Baseball. So nobody else can wear number 42. I did not know that. Do you know the last player to wear number 42? So let me give you some context. When they made that a rule, um, as a way to honor his life, um, right. they said if you're still wearing number 42, you can keep wearing it. Okay. But then once you you know retire, nobody's ever going to get that number I again. So there's one baseball player, the last player to ever wear number 42, and it's very fitting. Does any, do you know who it would be? Uh, no, I don't. No. <laughs> it was uh, Mariano Rivera, the closer okay. from okay. the New York Yankees, who's a really strong believer, a uh, man of great character. So I thought that was really cool that he ended up being the last person to wear number 42. Okay. But I'm not turning 42, You're Chad. turning 43. 43. So 43. what's the so significance? What yeah, we got to know. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's significant. I'm on my but edge of my the, seat, the man. The most famous number 43 in all of sports, in my opinion, would be Troy Palomau. The famous uh, safety from yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's never not working. So uh, yeah, uh, the commercials. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I Dude, think what? in honor of tro- <laughs> he's he's got amazing hair. Right. So he does these head and shoulders commercials. Oh, so, it's that guy. Yeah, with yeah. Patrick oh, Mahomes. Yeah. All right, all right, cool. Wow. Never Matthew, not working. Matthew, Matthew. <laughs> That's right. So I'm actually going to announce today my commitment to grow my hair like <laughs> his during the next year. Uh, so this how does Morgan feel about year, that? I haven't told her. So this time next year, when we're sitting here, I'm gonna have hair like that. It's that's gonna be awesome. pretty remarkable. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's my goal for this year. Okay. I haven't really He'll have his own spot yeah. for head and shoulders. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I'll be on the commercial. There Me we go. And Patrick Mahomes and Troy Polamalu. That'll, that'll yeah. be really fun to watch. Yeah. Now I'm I gotta tell you, in, in honor of your birthday, Matt and I did get you a little something. Yeah. Yeah. We did. And I'm it is super proud of it. the uh, the very first uh, yard sign, yard sign for right. Easter wow. at Vaughn Forest Church with a little pin. So that's is that how we're gonna handle about on Sunday with a pen clip to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was just Matthew's edition. So, uh, right. yeah. I will, well, I, I felt will, like I had to give you, you something. Chad gave you a sign. I was like, oh, I appreciate this. Pin. I right. feel special. I'm like I, don't, I think this is the only one that got made. No, we have so, a bunch of those, actually. Oh, okay. So I will yeah. be the first. I'm going to take it home today. Yep. I'll put it in my yard. Yep. And I will be the first person in our community to display it's our It's not a symbol, right. though. It's not a symbol. Yeah, we have a stand for you. Y'all know y'all are going to have to take care of that. Yeah, absolutely. Although, I have to admit, bragging myself a little bit, Chad. I, I've gotten a lot handier at, at fixing things and yeah. building things and, yeah, all kind of things. So moving to a, a uh, what do I live on now? A mini farm. A mini, a mini farm, farm right. will help you with that. That's you know, right. There's always something to be done. So, so what uh, you're saying is you can handle the sign. Yeah, it's actually how I'm celebrating my birthday is like going home and just like doing a ton of work because I don't know if you've noticed like <laughs> so spring has sprung, you know, sign, like right? everything's growing and yeah. I, got, I got a lot of, I got a lot of work to do outside yeah. when I get home tonight. So that's, that's how I'll be celebrating. Well, well you, you enjoy that birthday and, uh, but we are happy that it is your birthday yeah. and I'm glad that you guys are back. You know, I missed you guys last week. Uh, Justin, 
Justin and PJ did a great job. We had a great conversation uh, in last week's episode, but but I did miss you guys, we and uh, you too. I hope you guys had a uh, had a good 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 well deserved uh, vacation and time off. So, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was a good getaway, and y'all did a great job of the podcast. I was entertained by mm-hmm. it, so that was fun. But uh, it's good to be back. You know, yeah, yep. it was fun. Um, this series it kind of gave me a little break from teaching. I was only missed one Sunday. I was here right. the other two Sundays, but. You know, you guys kicking off the series, and we talk about it all the time. Like, we really are, you know, a team of pastors. You know, I'm just one of the pastors. We have different responsibilities, but I think it's cool for our church to kind of get to hear um, from you guys over the last uh, few weeks, kind of share and give some different perspectives, and it gives me a little bit of an opportunity to kind of look ahead. You know, we got this whole thing called Easter we're going to talk about. (laughs) Probably some. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, between—so I'll be teaching now till the end of the school year. Okay. which is uh, kind of hard to think about mm. that we're actually getting to a place where we could say that. It's just crazy. So uh, it, it's good for our church. Um, it's good for y'all and it's good for me. So yeah. everybody wins. And so that was, uh, it's been a fun few weeks. Yeah. I really, I really appreciate the opportunity, you know, to, to kind of get to exercise that muscle a little bit. And uh, yeah, it was you know, really it's, fun. It's really an honor good. to get to do that. Well, I appreciate that, yeah. man. Yeah. It's, everybody it was did a, really good. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was so a fun since couple Chad weeks. taught and it's my birthday, I'm going to go ahead and dip out now. <laughs> I'm going to let y'all handle the rest of yeah. Well, no, I've missed being in here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Then we may go long today. Talk, talk, talk. Absolutely. Well, you know, you know, we're t- we talked about the series. This is week what? That was week. That four? was week three. 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 Yeah. Three. Week so three. you're week four. I'm week four. Um. So can we revisit the big idea for this series? Sure. Um. I think it was our our lives are. Our lives are lived from, from the, the inside, a- inside out, out. Okay. but they're managed from the outside. See, this is why in. I don't preach. Yeah, I, don't, right. I can't even remember. <laughs> right, and yeah. So basically, what what I think that you know that that big idea, what it means is that you know there's so much about our lives. You know, we make so many decisions internally. Mm-hmm. You know, we we yeah. perceive everything from inside our own minds, yeah. right? And so we live our lives from the inside out, but. There are all of these circumstances, things beyond our control, uh, different things that happen in our lives that we have to adapt to. So while we live our lives from the inside out, we have to manage our lives from the outside in. Yeah, you gave a really good example about, uh, about setting goals and then like, Weight loss. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you know you're talking about waking up early and your kids right. waking you up at two o'clock and throwing that off. Is yeah. Is that a is that from experience? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I mean, you can you can make all of these I don't plans. know. Like I only have a I have a fur baby. You have a dog. Yeah, yeah a dog. Yeah, he doesn't which, do that. Yeah, you can make all of these plans. You know, hey, I've got you know I want to get up early. I want to work out. I want to you know eat right. I want to you know all this stuff. And then like one thing can happen in your life and it completely derails yeah. every one of your plans. <laughs> And so, yeah, it's it's tough sometimes, and that's why it's important uh, to do your do the best you can to develop these healthy rhythms and yeah. habits in our lives, uh, in order so that when those things, you know, do come along, it doesn't throw you, you know, you know, too much. Yeah, Another absolutely. example would be, you know, no one has more conversations with you than you. Right. Oh man, you know, yeah, it's that's uh, true. all of the thoughts in our minds, and so we have more influence over ourselves. Nobody speaks to us more than us. Right. So that's our lives are being lived from the inside out. Yeah. yeah. But if you want to manage it from the outside in, be mindful of what you let into your mind. Mm. Right. Yeah. So that's how you manage it. So what am I watching? What am I consuming? What am I that's viewing? Right. That is going to affect the thoughts that I'm then telling myself. Yeah. So that's that's a good example. And if you really start to think that way, you start to notice that that's pretty much every area of our life. That's right. <laughs> so it's coming from the inside. The heart is the wellspring of life. Mm. But I do things... Uh, with what I do with my time, how I, I just mentioned, watch things, listen to things mm-hmm. that, are go- that are going to affect. You know, my right. parents used to tell me, garbage in, garbage out. 
you know, if you consume your mind full of garbage, don't be surprised if that's then what comes out. So yeah. it's, a, it's a good principle to, to remember that you, you can do a lot to manage what is coming out of you mm-hmm. and, um, and, and your words and your thoughts and your actions and your attitude. That's right. So yeah. I think in this series, we're just trying to draw some attention to that and see what God's Word has to say about it. Yeah, that's, that's right. good. Well, you talked about healthy rhythms with mm-hmm. work and rest. Yeah. Uh, why is that important? Well, I mean, it's so much of what we do, right? I mean, think about yeah. the amount of time you spend uh, at work every single day, yeah. at work every single week. I mean, there are, there are sometimes, you know, I'm so busy that my coworkers are the ones that see me more than my family those particular seasons. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I remember when we first started talking about this series, Replenish, and uh, we were kind of the teaching team. We were going through a book. And uh, Adam, we went in there and we put some different topics up on the board. And uh, I think you even asked a question like, which one of these disciplines or habits do you struggle with the most? And I said, oh, well, definitely, you know, rest because I tend to work too much. And you're like, well, that's the one you're preaching on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so, you know, it was really good, you know, for me personally. I don't remember. I don't recall that <laughs> yeah. going down. That's not that how way. that went down yeah. Yeah. at all. I guess it did, though. Yeah. But, uh, Obviously. but no, it was it was really good for me, you know, to to, to study this and to see what God's word has to say about it. But I mean, finding uh, finding that healthy rhythm yeah. between the two, it's so important. God's word has so much to say about it. I yeah. mean, it's it's not yeah. silent on this idea of, of, you know, how we should work and, and how we should rest. Yeah, I think we need to spend some time on this podcast kind of unpacking that, you sure. know, the whole idea of rhythm, of work, and rest. Because if you can ever begin to figure out like what you were talking about yesterday, yeah. it, it, it can change a lot of things. So let's just kind of go around the, the table and have some fun with this. Oh, great. Um, pop quiz. Yeah, <laughs> pop quiz. Um, do you, are you mindful of your daily rhythms, your weekly rhythms, and your seasonal rhythms mm. as it pertains to work and rest? So, you know, I'll give you a second to think about that. So like a daily rhythm. I remember when Justin was in here a few weeks ago, we talked about Matt, I think you were asking us, when's the best time to like get into God's Word? And right. some yeah. of us, it was in the morning, some of us, it was in the evening. In the so evening. there's no right or wrong answer. <laughs> right. But that would be a daily rhythm. You know, what what time of the day are you at your best? You know, um, yeah. what time of the day are you probably going to be a little more exhausted and right. you got to be mindful that you don't lose your temper? So do you know a daily rhythm? Do you go to bed? at the same time every night, or does it depend on the evening? You know, do you get up? At, so what's your weekly rhythm? Right. You know, do you take a Sabbath? You talked about that in the message yesterday. That's right. Mm. And then what is a seasonal rhythm? And a seasonal rhythm is the one that I've probably tried to clue into the most over the last five to 10 years. Mm. So um, let's just talk about like the last <laughs> three months. Sure. So, you know, I do a lot of things, but the thing that I probably have to make sure I do well every week is is teach on Sundays. Because mm-hmm. um, if I get up there and I'm just like, I just didn't have time this week, guys. <laughs> so, uh, hey guys. you know, anybody got anything they want to share? <laughs> We're like, going to bring the band back out. Yeah, that's probably not going to go well. <laughs> We're going to um, redo that song again. Yeah, that's right. So I better make sure I'm, I'm We're going to do Waymaker that day, <laughs> that's 12 right. minutes long. I like Waymaker. I'd probably be all right with that. So I have figured out that about eight to nine weeks in a row is probably about all I can do. Right. Uh And then I need a little bit of a break. So, um, ironically enough, starting this Sunday, I'll go for the next eight to nine weeks. Yeah. So that's, that would be what I'm talking about. Seasonal rhythm. So, you know, in, in your line of work, do you know if there's a seasonal rhythm? You know, some jobs are more easy to detect that than others. Right. Obviously if you're a CPA Mm -hmm. right now, you're working a lot. That's right. 
So I, I think it's good to just say, all right, do I know what my daily rhythm is, my weekly rhythm is, if you want to call it a monthly rhythm, a seasonal rhythm? So I gave you all a little bit of time to think about that. <laughs> so y'all, y'all talk about that, because I think the more people talk about how they see that in their own lives, it begins to help others see yeah. how to identify mm-hmm. that rhythm in their lives. Yeah, yeah. So um, I am, uh, I'm definitely a creature of habit. You know, I'm one of these guys. I like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I could eat the same thing, you know, every single night for dinner and be and be really happy about it. Uh, Christy is not that way. She's got to have, you know, variety. Uh, so yeah, so I, you know, my my daily rhythm, you know, I I tend to try to get up at the same time, uh, work out at the same time, you know, have quiet time at the same time, you know, get you know ready for work at the same time, arrive at work at the same. You know, I try to do that, and what that ends up happening is when something throws a stone into the pond that is my daily rhythm, <laughs> it's tough for me to kind of recover from that, but. You know, you just have to kind of uh, build that in and be able to adapt and be flexible. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, for uh, obviously being being a pastor, you know, we have a weekly rhythm that centers around Sundays. And but at the same time, because we get to Sabbath, you know, on Friday and and Saturday, uh, we can kind of then center our rest rhythm around that. So yeah, there's certain days I know I have to get certain things done. And then uh, seasonally, yeah, it's really interesting. You know, Easter's coming up, and so obviously, yeah. like that's a bigger yeah. time, Matt. I know that. Yeah. There's no uh, getting a lot of music ready for you or anything Mm-mm. along those lines. No, next uh, three weeks. And, you know, obviously <laughs> just knowing the rhythms of uh, of what happened, you know, in the city around us when folks are moving to Montgomery, moving out, uh, you know, different seasons and holidays and things that center around. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's important to be aware of, of each of those. And uh, but then also you have to be willing to be flexible, you know, because they're not always going to go, you know, according to plan. Yeah, I think I have the flexible part down. Yeah. <laughs> I think I th- seasonal I'm good at. Uh, I think, you know, because you got Easter, you got Christmas, you got, you know, summer, you know, m- managing, you know, volunteers and, and all of that and trying to maintain that. I think I have a system so that um, I can, like, have more uh, freedom outside of work, if that right. makes sense. Because naturally I don't. Um, so yeah, like day to day, I, I think I'm a little bit easier if something throws me off. I'm like, okay, sure. that's cool. But, you know, I guess in my line of work, you kind of have to be like that, you right. know, dealing with, you know, creatives and stuff like that. You, you, if an idea strikes, you, you go with it. Um, yeah. And I think, and that's good because if you're creative, you've got to carve out some space yeah. for that creativity. Right. I, I think a lot of marriages could get better and a lot of family dynamics could get better if, if this conversation was a little more intentional in the homes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times what's happening in a marriage is you've got one spouse who, for whatever reason, is in a season of intensity, and the other spouse is really desiring a season of kind of being feeling a little bit more laid back. Right. Yeah. And, and, and there's... And, and the problem is there's expectations there that are not being spoken and they're not on the same page and they don't know why. Mm-hmm. So you've got to figure this out. Again, everybody's life looks different, you know, right. what, depending on your career or whether you stay at home or, or whatever. Yeah. Or your kid, so if your kids are involved in extracurricular activities right now and you're doing a lot of different things, it's not fair to place the expectation in your life that things should feel easy right now. Right. So yeah. like if you go, I just feel so stressed right now. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, here's the thing, like, just go ahead and frame it. This is going to be a stressful season. Right. Mm-hmm. When does when it end? And then when it ends, let's make sure we do something to swing the pendulum right. to yeah. a little bit more rest. 
Yeah. And so, you know, Morgan and I, we try really, really hard to structure our life that way. So if y'all remember a few weeks ago, we did that big women's event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had the women's event and I'm preaching every week and I'm coaching two basketball teams and, you know, we're, <laughs> we're going and we're going and we're going and we're going. Yeah. And those last few weeks, like it, it was crazy. It was stressful. Right. And, and I knew, and she knew like, we're going to be, we're going to be gone for a week. Right. So we were gone for last week and last week we, we did not keep the same schedule. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. And our, so all I'm trying to say there is if you can be mindful of that and talk about that and, and, and have these discussions, it can, it can alleviate a lot of stress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because so many times we're unrealistic in our expectations of our life. Right. We're mm-hmm. unrealistic with the expectations we place on our spouse. And, and maybe even the expectations we think our life is supposed to look like. Mm. And if you can begin to think about that and plan for that, I feel like what you can do is counter the myth of balance. Hmm. Balance is a myth. It's unattainable. And so many people beat themselves up because they don't feel like they're living balanced lives. Right. Hmm. Well, I don't see how there's a shot at living a balanced life. You know, if you've got two spouses who are both working and you've got kids in school and you've got all of the things that are happening, your life will feel out of balance at times. Right. There will be times yeah. where, you know, let's take my family, for example, where my kids won't feel like they're seeing dad a whole lot. Right. Mm. Oh, my gosh. They're going to end up in therapy. I mean, <laughs> well, I'm a terrible father because I didn't make it to every ball game. Right. No. That's not true because guess what? My kids prefer to eat three times a day. They like wearing clothes. I like them wearing clothes. Right. Society <laughs> prefers they wear clothes and they enjoy having a roof over their head. Yeah. So there will be times that demands a lot of me to continue to supply that for them. I've got to then be intentional to make sure that I plan for times where my kids are like, wow, dad's around a lot more. And yeah. you guys are like, has anybody seen Adam? Right. <laughs> no. Okay, why am I doing that? Because I've got to have a rhythm to right. these things. That's right. Our kids, our families, our spouses, they can tolerate us having to give a lot to something like work huh. as long as they know they're going to then get some of our time back on the flip side. Right. And if we've told them that and, and we're mindful of that. And I think that's helpful, especially, you know, I, I was thinking about this, you know, we probably need to have Morgan or some other women on here, you know, more frequently mm-hmm. so we can get a, a woman's perspective because yeah. we all know they're smarter than us anyway. Right. But I think sometimes, you know, women who have careers put undue stress on themselves because they don't feel like they're meeting some expectation mm-hmm. to be balanced at home and at work right. and with the husband. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say is that's a myth. You're not right. going to be balanced, but you can put some healthy rhythms in place. That's right. And I thought your message did a great job of pointing that out. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, and I, I mean, I can see, I can even look at that as like seasonals. Like it swings over here. It's really, really heavy, really, really busy. And then it swings and it kind of releases. That's right. I think you actually might've said this. It's like, a tide. It rolls in and rolls out. Like yeah. I really like that example because yeah. it helps me, reminds me. It's like, I can push you this because it's just a season. Right. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, that's how God actually wired us. So if you think about the way that we grow, we grow um, while we rest. Mm. So it's a weird dynamic. Like your kids grow while they sleep. So you go, 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 go. And then when you rest, that's when you grow. Yeah. So if you exercise and work out in the weight room, which clearly the three of us do, I mean, you wouldn't have to spend much time <laughs> well, with that. Well, like, see. I mean, 80 pounds, dude. Like, yeah. let's the, talk about, let's talk well, about the, well, uh, I'm going to welcome you to the gun show <laughs> first before we do that. No, if you think about the way you, 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 
getting bigger muscles, you, you have to stress it and then rest. Right. You know, yeah. God worked six, rested one. Right. So there is a rhythm like go rest, go yeah. rest. That doesn't sound like balance to me. Right. Balance mm. is I'm always doing everything equally at all times. Right. There's mm. only so many hours in a day. Right. Mm-hmm. There are going to be seasons in my life where my family feels like they're getting the short end of the stick and I'm giving more to the church. Right. Mm. There will then be seasons where my the church may feel like they're getting the short end of the stick and my family, and that is perfectly okay. Right. Yeah. Because that's a rhythm. And I think so many times we place unrealistic expectations on ourselves, on our spouses, our, and on the role we're supposed to have that, 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 that we just miss that. Now, right. here's where things got crazy. Over the last two years, all of that kind of just blew up because there was no set rhythm. And so, you know, there's opportunity in that now. Like you can reset a lot of things, reset your rhythm. You can reset your rhythm at any time. Right. But, you know, coming out of this season, like don't feel like you just have to go back doing things like you did them before. Right. Which clearly is what you decided to do to get to what Matt said. I do want you to share a little more. What was the diet again? Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, Eat less, uh, move more. Yeah. And, like, was that a real conversation you had with your doctor? Uh, Yeah, actually, it kind of was. Do you have this little star? Yeah. So I when I I, knew you were going to bring it. I'll get to it here in a second. (laughs) But, no, you know, what what you just said there, Adam, and and I'll get to that whole story. You know, it reminds me of a Jim Rohn Rohn quote where he said, you can't change your destination overnight, but you can change the direction. Mm. And, And that was what happened with me when I went to the doctor. So, you know, real quick, I'll, I'll tell the story. Last August, I, you know, Christy was like, you're going to go to the doctor and, yeah. <laughs> and get a physical. And I was like, and I'm not going really hard. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm not doing this. I, I don't want to hear the bad report that I know I'm going to get. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, if I don't look at it, then it doesn't actually happen. You know, that was kind of the, what it's I like was hiding thinking. on the sheets in the dark. That's right. But she, uh, she made me go and, and I'm grateful, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that she encouraged yeah. me to go. I really do appreciate yeah. it. She, she cared enough about me to say, Hey, you really need to get this done. Mm-hmm. And so I went and the doctor, you know, he's, he, he comes back in there after the test and everything. He said, look, he said, you're, you know, you're five, seven, you're 275 pounds. Like you, you've got to make some changes. And he pulled out a test that they did. I think it's called a, uh, insulin resistance test. And he said, based on this score, he said, you, you are a 72. He said, anything above a 66 means that you are 15 times more likely to become diabetic, hmm. uh, than, Whoa. than a regular person. And I, I said, okay. And I remember going home and, you know, looking at the results in these tests and he put me on these meds and I just had, I had the thought of like, man, what is it that I want? You know, we, we quoted that yesterday. Mm -hmm. Discipline is remembering what you want. And I said, man, I want to be there when my girls grow up. I want to be there uh, when my grandkids are here. I want to be there, you know, to, to serve, you know, God's church as long as I possibly can. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, it took some, some drastic, you know, changes, you know, Hey, I got to stop doing this. I got to stop doing that. And I got to start doing these particular things. But what it was, was developing these healthy rhythms yeah. and, uh, and just like healthy rhythms, they, they ebb and flow. So yeah, the majority of the week I get up, you know, five, five fifteen. I go and, you know, spend a little bit of time on the treadmill. Uh, I make sure to have discipline of the fork, you know, not eat things that are, that are crazy. But then this past week was Ava's birthday. She turned 10 and, uh, like I had some cake, you know, it was, <laughs> it was time to swing a little bit the other way. Yeah, and so yeah. it would have been unhealthy for me to abstain from that because yeah. then I'm hurting my daughter's feelings. I'm not celebrating well, you're missing out on the things that you were, you know, that's trying right. to work towards. That's right. So anyway, so this past February, uh, so, you know, from, from September to February, at the end of February, I did go back to the mm-hmm. doctor and they, they did a six month checkup and, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so words are my love language. 
And uh, so I printed out, and, and if you're watching, you can you can see this, this. man printed out a star. It. It's a gold it. star, <laughs> and it says most improved patient. And what I did was. I handed it to the doctor and I said, look, you do whatever you want with that, but if you feel like it's appropriate to slide it back across the table, uh, you feel free. <laughs> and he started laughing. He said, yeah, man, yeah. you get a gold star. And, uh, you know, I had that same insulin resistance test yeah. done and uh, it went from a 72 to a four, which was you know, incredibly it. healthy. That's he took me off the meds, which was my goal. And, uh, but, you know, praise God. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a God thing. And, uh, you know, it took a lot of prayer, and I'm sure yeah. I know I had a lot of folks praying for me, and so many folks in the church have come up and encouraged me through this process, and I've still got a little mm. ways to go, yeah. uh, but it um, it was really developing those rhythms that helped me make that change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'd push back a little bit. I'm not so sure it was a God thing. <laughs> I'd probably say it's a Chad thing. Well, so, you know, so many times in our lives, you know, we're, we want God to move on our behalf, sure. and God's like, yeah, you go first. Mm. You know, I need, I need you to move too. You know, right. um, there's a, an old saying, a little story about this guy who walked up and, um, he came upon someone who had had a nice garden and he said to the guy, you and the good Lord have made such a beautiful garden here. Uh-huh. And the guy said, I understand the point, but you should have seen what it looked like when the Lord had it all to himself. <laughs> you know? So like we, we do have like sure. something to do with it. Sure. You know? sure. So you're accessing the Holy Spirit's power right. to get you to, to do the difficult things. Right. <clears throat> but what you just told in your story is so profound that we're just going to camp out here for a second. Okay. okay. All right. Because there is a myth we we're, we're, we're unpack we are dis, uh, debunking myths today. So I debunked good. balance. Let's <laughs> debunk go. another one. <laughs> There's a myth in discipleship that more knowledge will produce better disciples. Mm. It's not true. Think about what you just described. The doctor said, "Here's a revolutionary plan." Okay. Well, everybody understands that plan. Right. You mm-hmm. didn't need to learn anything new. Okay. But what you had to start doing is you had to figure out how to do what you already knew. Right. And that's how our spiritual growth works. We are overeducated beyond our level of obedience. When it comes to growing in your faith, the last thing the American church needs is more knowledge. Right. (laughs) What we need is more obedience to the things that we already know. So if you can get past love your neighbor as yourself, we'll let you start teaching the next series, okay? <laughs> it's this idea that one more Bible study, one more knowledge, one more class is going to help me become more like Jesus. No, what's going to help you become more like Jesus are doing the things that you already know. So how yeah. did you make that leap? How did you go from saying, these are things I always knew, to now I do them? Right. That gap is the same gap that we have to address when it comes to making disciples and spiritual growth. Mm. So the lessons you learned to bridge that gap in this area of your life, I believe, are transferable. So let's unpack those lessons, all right? Well, first of all, you had some accountability. Yeah. Who was the accountability from? Well, the doctor prescribing the medication, but I bet it was a little more from Christy. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because she loves you. Yeah, absolutely. And she's going to hold you accountable. Absolutely. And there's probably some times that she had to kind of, you know, prod you along yeah. a little bit, right? Well, also you guys, because y'all were very encouraging to me. You know, you and I, we meet weekly. Matt, I would see you, and you guys would ask me about it. And so accountability was, yeah, swings. The, the, it goes both ways. Right. Sometimes it's encouragement. 
sometimes it's a swift kick in the butt. Right. <laughs> you know, right. sometimes it's a little bit of, hey, what are you doing? Right. Sometimes yeah. it's a, hey, keep doing it. Keep right. going. Yeah. So you had that. The second thing is you built in, and nobody likes this word, but it's, it's a really helpful word, just a little system. Right. I'm going to get up at the same time every day and I'm going to do this. Yeah. And it's not flashy and it's not exciting. And I'm not going to post on Instagram to everybody that I just <laughs> right. did, but I'm going to do it right. at the same time every day. That is a system. Right. Okay. Yeah. And you got to be did it. And then the last thing you did was you were honest with the metrics. Okay. So here's how I feel. I feel like I'm healthier. Yeah, but the numbers don't say you're healthy. Right. Now you're to place. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm healthy. Well, guess what? The numbers say you're healthy as well. Right. You know? So I think that there's some things there when it comes to, you know, how do we become more like Jesus? Well, you know, you've got to have some accountability. You've got to have some systems in place that consistently allow you to do the things you need to do. Mm-hmm. And then you have to be honest to the metrics. Now, what are the metrics in our life? Where they're called the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and you don't get to call whether or not you're doing those things, right? Mm. Others, that's your metric. If the people around you don't describe your life that way, I don't care what you tell me you're doing. You're not becoming more that's like Jesus. Right. Okay? That's right. So I think what you've you know stumbled upon, so to speak, uh, matters. And then the final thing I would say, and this is you know where so many people miss it when they're trying to figure out how to bridge that gap between I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not doing it, is you found your reason. Mm. Yeah. You found your reason. Um, you know, I, 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 about eight years ago, had to realize I don't want to have heart surgeries as frequently as my dad did. Right. So I started getting more active, and I started paying a personal trainer to kick my butt. And, you know, mm. I didn't like it one bit. But my reasons were I want to be able to ski with my boys when we go to ski slopes. Mm. I want to be able to do all the things as they get older. Right. That's that's what got me out of bed. That's what continues to motivate me. Right. You know, it, it's not anything beyond what you described right. yeah. for your daughters, for me, right. for my boys, for Morgan, you know? Yeah. Well, when it comes to like walking with the Lord, you know, what are your reasons? Right. If you're living for, you know, things here on earth, you're going to run out of reasons pretty quickly. If you're living with eternity in mind, you know, we talk about that a lot here, mm-hmm. you know, treasures in heaven. Mm-hmm. We talk about, you know, the difference you make, you know, for the <clears throat> kingdom for all eternity. So those are all just things that, you know, spiritual growth matters this podcast, we're trying to help people grow spiritually. You're learning things in one area, I think, that can translate to that. that that's a really, this is really good, man. Um, so you also told us a story about your first bicycle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> when I developed some trust issues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So you said that it was uh, more, uh, it was just as important to figure out how to stop than how to start. That's okay. right. So yeah. before you retell the story, I, I was listening to you teach this, yeah. and I, I wanted to raise my hand in the middle of the service, but we have a security team, and they'd probably tackle right. me. Yeah. So I wanted to know, were you wearing a bike helmet? Uh, no. Okay. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. All right. So, <laughs> you know, that's the difference of when we grew up. That's yeah, right. that wall yeah. became really, really... Yeah, so no bike yeah. helmet. No like, bike I, helmet. I think when, pads? I think when no. my parents no. bought the bike, they bought a helmet for, like, appearance sake, just so, like, nobody would look at they them side-eyed. They no, 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 no. Judge them no, there was, <laughs> there was no bike helmet. helmets when I was a no. kid. No, absolutely I not. I didn't... Man, no, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So the story is uh, when I got my first big boy bike, I think I was not like, to wear anti bike helmet. No, right? no, sure. yeah, you need. I don't to. want any emails you from need our to wear mothers. Helmet. Hardy's going to run in here and, uh, yes, and get on. We to are it. pro bike helmet. Yes, That's right. Exactly. Absolutely. All right. Um, yeah. It was it was a red bike too. It right? was a red bike and it was funny because my parents were actually here yesterday in the second service and my mom came up to me afterwards and she goes that bike's still in the attic. And so <laughs> I, I could probably go find it. We yeah. should have we should we could have had the hey, bike here absolutely. with us today. Posted on the Instagram like take yeah, a picture absolutely. of the bike and yeah. post it on the, Instagram. the bike in question. But no, yeah. yeah so <laughs> 
what it was, I got my first big boy bike. Before that, I had had like tricycles or bikes with training wheels. And literally, all you did with those, you just went out there, you sat on it, looked around for a minute, you started pedaling, and then yeah. you started going. And uh, and so my dad takes me out there, and I just you know push this thing up, and I'm going all right, and I fall literally just fall over right off the bat. Uh, if you don't have momentum, I learned you don't mm-hmm. actually you know get going. So I, I learned how to start. And I'm pedaling, and my dad, you know, I, I love my dad, but he just goes inside. He's like, all right, see you later. Have fun. Uh, and, of course, this was back in the day when you could ride your bike outside, and who cared? It was no big deal. I'll see you when the streetlights yeah, turn on, yeah. that kind of a thing. And, Good uh, times. Good yeah, times. So I ride around <laughs> the block a couple of times, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having a great time. I've learned how to start. Everything's great. I'm uh-huh. going, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to, you know, slide into the, uh, into the driveway and look all cool. And I go to press backwards on the on the pedals because that's what kind of bicycle was it? Because mine definitely my first well it one. Sh- it had gear shifts. You know, it was it was a gear oh, so shift. Like a yeah, it was a big bike. it was a big boy bike. Okay, I, right. I don't really remember. I guess I never had a big boy bike then. Yeah, and so I go to press back on the pedals and <laughs> Sorry, I just start yeah. spinning. No, yeah, you know, just start spinning there because nobody taught me that you had to use handbrakes. So yeah. my point was, it was at this moment that I realized that, that yeah, knowing how to start is important, but it's just as important to know how to stop. And uh, <laughs> and it, it ended up in a, in a pretty big mess. You learned the value of managing momentum. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, but the point is, is that for so many of us, you know, I, I think a lot of us that tend towards working too hard, you know, we know how to start, we know how to get going, we yeah, pride yeah. ourselves on that. Uh, but a lot of us don't know how to stop. And, you know, you can sometimes see it in people. I never, I never understood where this, uh, this pride <laughs> came from where you're like, well, I don't take all my vacation days. And it's like, well, man, you really <laughs> you need, need to, to, you need to rest or, Hey, you know, I, <laughs> you I work very nice to be around. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. Like I regularly work these, you know, 12, 14, 15 hour days. And I'm oh, going gosh. like, man, that's just not a healthy rhythm. And, uh, and I think it's so important for us in our lives, you know, and we see where scripture talks about it quite mm-hmm. a bit. I mean, God gave us the example of resting, uh, and Adam, we talked about it earlier, you know, those daily, those weekly, those seasonal rhythms, mm-hmm. you have to find that rhythm. And one of the big things that we talked about yesterday was that our children are watching us. What are you displaying to your, yeah. to your children with that? Yeah. And what do you want them to model, you know, after your life? That's yeah. why you take vacation days. That's right. You, know, you don't take vacation days because you hate your life and you hate your job. And right. You just got, yeah. Which, by the way, if you do, you know, maybe you're in a job right now that you really do hate, but hopefully it gives you an opportunity for something mm-hmm. else one right. day. But you, you take the vacation days to model for your kids what you hope they do one day when they're raising their kids. That's yeah. right. And you build memories. Right. But, yeah, I mean— I don't have to take a week off and take my family somewhere. Right. I mean, I, I enjoy preaching and I enjoy being here and I enjoy, yeah. but I do that because they're not going to be around very long. They're going to be gone. And then one day when they're dads, I want them to, you know, so th- that that's why you do that. But, you know, the, the whole, like, knowing how to stop. Right. This is why, you know, I am adamant about people keeping the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So you got to figure out when you can do that. Right. You know, New Testament, choose the day. So, you know, my Sabbath is on Friday. You know, maybe yours needs to be on a Tuesday. I don't know when it is. Um, But if you don't sit down with your spouse at least once a week and have a conversation beyond 30 minutes, marriage is probably going to end up in a tough spot. Mm -hmm. If you can't find time in your week to sit down with your kids and talk to them uninterrupted for longer than 20 minutes— which mm. there have been weeks that I've reflected and gone, wow, that didn't happen this past mm. week. Yeah. Right. That's the value of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is God's way of saying six days in the wrong direction is long enough. Mm. 
So you look back of the week. Did I have one conversation with Jacob longer than 20 minutes last week? If the answer is no, change that this week. Right. Yeah. A good conversation to have with your spouse once a week on your Sabbath. And there were several years in our marriage where this was the conversation. Mm. Um, I haven't had this conversation with Morgan in a while, but maybe I should. Maybe I'll do that this week. I'd sit down. And again, these are things we learned. And I would look at her and I'd say, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rank me right now as being a husband? Oh, wow. (laughs) And then if the score wasn't 10, the follow-up question is, from your perspective, what would I need to do to get to be a 10? And then I have to be quiet. And all I have to do is listen. And she gets a chance to talk. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, my wife is telling me what she needs right now from me Mm -hmm. as her husband. So th- those are those are all things that can happen like on your Sabbath. Like you don't have to get to a point where you're crashing into the garage because you don't know how to <laughs> right. use the handbrakes, okay? <laughs> Which is usually when people go, mm-hmm. I need help. Yeah. Right. God built a mechanism in place that <clears throat> allows you to evaluate your life in six-day increments every area of your life. Did you exercise this past week? Did you eat healthy this past week? What was your marriage like? Mm-hmm. What things were your kids? Church? <clears throat> life? What's the list? And then make changes going into the next six days. And it's amazing to me how many people just sprint through their weeks, week Mm -hmm. after week after week after week, and they never stop to reflect and ponder and consider. Mm -hmm. And then that's where they ultimately end up in a place where now they want an overnight fix. (laughs) You know, and it's just probably not going to happen because it took you a long time to get to that place. Yeah, yeah. That's right. What are some of the, uh, I guess, the warning signs of us running into the the garage or the— or our lives crashing. What are some warning yeah. signs? You'll have to forgive me for coughing. No, it, is, it is full on spring in uh, Montgomery, <laughs> yeah, Alabama. Yeah, I got so. pollen all in me. <coughs> I think water? Yeah, one of the things that. you want to you know, be mindful of is a short temper, mm. short fuse. Are, are you reacting more? Are you more sensitive to things? That's usually a good sign that something's up. Mm-hmm. You're getting close to the wall, um, you know, and... and you got to be receptive when people point it out to you. Like, right. hey, dude, you seem to be a little on edge. What's yeah, going yeah. on? I would say that's one thing to be mindful of, that maybe you're getting close to a crash. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that <clears throat> that feeling of burnout, you know, that just that, man, I'm so tired of doing this over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's those kinds of things. You know, are you, are you starting to miss some of the healthy rhythms in your life? You know, missing workouts. Are you <clears throat> yeah. missing time with your kids? You know, what you said there about the short fuse. I think that's dead on. That's that's the thing that I noticed the most in my life is I tend to get real short with my kids or real short with Christy. And it's at that point that I have to go, okay, I got to I gotta make a change here. Mm. Burnout doesn't come from working too hard. Burnout comes from working too urgently or mm, working yeah. without purpose. Right. So if you had to do the same job over and over and over and there's no purpose to it, like you're going to start to feel burnout. <clears throat> if you're in a situation where everything's due right now and you're always behind, right. that's going to But if you're Man. just working hard, like you get up and you put in a full day's work yeah. and you keep the Sabbath and yeah. you rest, over time Different. you're not going to feel burnout. That's exactly you're right. actually going to yeah. begin to feel like you're accomplishing something. Yep. So so many times people they feel burnout they go, I got to get, I got to get away from this. They go to the beach for a week. They come back. Well, nothing's changed because they could jump right back into the working urgently or working without purpose rhythm. The, right. the beach trip didn't do anything Yeah, because yeah. the burnout was not a result of, of working hard. It was a result of how they were going about, you know, working. And right. we work really hard on here to not work in an urgent manner. Right. Right. Um, yeah. 
because the nature of what we do requires us to respond to urgent things from time to time. That's right. There are mm-hmm. real emergencies. There are real <clears throat> yep. needs. And we want to be there to love people. So if everything about how Vaughn Forrest operates, runs urgently, we actually can't serve people. Yeah. Right. So we try to make sure that we, you know, set things up to not be that way so that when needs pop up, we can meet them. Right. And, you know, if you think about that with your life and your job, am I doing this urgently? Am I doing this without purpose? That's probably what's producing some of those emotions. Yeah. Now the rhythm is the opportunity to address that, that's figure right. out how to change that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, that's good. That's really good. It's really helpful too. Um, you talked about being content. Yeah. That one hit home for me. Um, you know, as a not not being content with what I have, but, you know, with my work. Sure. Um, when I look at, you know, what I do, it's always I could have done a little bit better. I could have been I could have been right. more not being happy with the outcome of it. So, like, as a creative, I struggle with that a lot. Sure. I know that you probably do, too. And Adam, you as yeah. well. Um, but that one hit home, man. So why do you think other people struggle with that so much? Well, I think it has a little bit to do uh, with the uh, the culture that we live in today. It probably has a lot to do with the culture we live in today. You know, we see, and we talked about this in the message, we talked about limiting social media. You know, we are... Dude, that list was great. Oh, I appreciate um, that. Yeah. You talked, it, it was, I'm not probably not going to get it right, but it was social media. Limit social media, be aware of what's going on in mm-hmm. the world at large, and uh, stop a moment daily for gratitude. Yeah, that that was really helpful for <clears throat> oh, me. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. But, I mean, we we are hyper-aware of what's happening in everybody else's lives. Mm-hmm. and But, unfortunately, that hyper-awareness can be false because what we see people presenting right. as their yeah. lives so much so often, it's a front. Yeah. And so uh, we we see somebody else has more than we have or we see somebody else, you know, whatever it may be, and we feel like there's this force driving <laughs> us for more and more and more and more, and yeah. it's never enough. We always have to get to the next mountain. And, uh, you know, I I just said, I think contentment is incredibly underrated in today's world and knowing what it is that would, that, you know, like, all right, I'm happy with this. This is what God has given me. This is what he's called me to. I'm, uh, Adam, you talked about working and fulfilling that purpose and getting, you know, doing it as whatever it is that God has for you. Uh, you know, I think, I think just being content, man, it's so important. And it's, it's a, it's a principle that we see in God's word. Yeah, and I would say before anybody tries to figure out how to tackle contentment and get better at it, um, not to oversimplify this because there's a lot of power in, in what I'm about to say, is if you would start your day, I mean, I'm saying 10 minutes, just 10 minutes, Psalms, you mentioned Psalms mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, yep. Philippians, Proverbs, 10 minutes, and then pray this prayer, Jesus Help me to be content with you today. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, help me to be, help me to see that you are all I need today. Yeah. I believe that Jesus will be faithful to answer that simple prayer. Mm. So many times Jesus um, is willing to show us so many things, but I come back to blind Bartimaeus where Jesus looks at him and says, what do you want me to do for you? It's like, bro, he's blind. Right. It's like, what you know, Bartimaeus wasn't going to say, I want to sing in the opera. Like, he's right. like, I can't see, you know? Yeah. So Jesus asked a blind guy what he wants him to do. What do you think he wanted to do? Right. And I love Bartimaeus' answer. He's like, um, I'd like to be able to see. Yeah. So Jesus, amazingly, he was like, why is Jesus asking a blind guy? Yeah. Jesus always wants us to confess out loud to him what mm. we need from him. Mm. So when you come to Jesus right. and say, I need you to help me be content with you and you alone. Jesus is looking at Bartimaeus and going, okay, now you can see. He will mm-hmm. look at us and say, I can show you that. That's right. I can be all you need. 
but you got to pray the prayer. Yeah. Because if if you don't pray the prayer and that need starts to feel like it's getting met somewhere else, ultimately that's going to be deceptive. And so Jesus wants you to say it out loud and then be aware when he meets that. And it's amazing how he can do that. Right. And you can begin to counter what you felt previously while you were scrolling through social media. Mm -hmm. What used to be uh, jealousy now is uh, happiness for someone else. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad they got to go on that trip. That's Cheering so great. Them on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because your contentment is now coming from a greater source. Right. And so I would say, man, that is that is one of the things that Jesus wants to supply for you in your life. But take it to Him. Right. And ask Him for that, and you're going to have a peace that passes understanding. You're going to have a contentment. You're going right. to have a joy because if you're not intentional about trying to establish that in your life, it won't get established. Right. Mm-hmm. Because everything about our lives fights for our contentment. That's right. It makes us feel like we don't have things that we think we need when right. we really don't. Mm-hmm. Right. So you've got to be proactive in how you're going to counter that. Yeah. And it's it's a feedback loop because, you know, you're discontented, you go online, you see these things, you if you don't find your ultimate source of peace and rest and contentment in Jesus, it just gets worse and mm-hmm. worse and worse and worse. Never forget that everything about your life is someone else's dream right now on the planet. Mm, that's right. There are people who live in other countries right now who everything about our life they dream about, they pray about, they imagine. For many of them, it's something that is just quite it's not even quite it's, it's not attainable. It's a, right. It, it's a it's a it's a fairy tale dream. Right. And yet it's our everyday life. Yeah. yeah. And so so many times, you know, we think that and then I would say you know, like have some fun like think where you know, it's my birthday today, so it's a little easier to do it like 20 years ago, if you had described my life today, mm-hmm. I would have said, well, can't ever get any better. Right. <laughs> yeah. It can't ever get any better. Like, there would never be anything that would need to be added to my life to make that better. Mm. I would never have dreamed in 20 years yeah. ago what someone would describe my life as now. Mm. So, so many times in life, we just get stuck in that, you know, uh, year after year after year. And, and every now and then reflect. And go, you know, if if twenty three year old Adam could speak to forty three year old Adam, what right now? What would he say? Right, right. He'd be like, "Dude, high five, yeah. <laughs> right? You're blessed, and yeah. I am blessed, and yeah. we are blessed. And if you live in this great country, you're blessed too. That's yeah, right. Yeah. You know, and um, the global piece I thought you brought in was really helpful. Mm. That um, you know, we we're sponsoring now a hundred kids in a village in Peru. Right. That for thirty eight dollars a day get everything they need. Imagine that. Yeah. So, you know, globally speaking, I mean, there's all kind of websites where you can go punch in what you earn annually and see where you rank globally. Right. And yeah. um, it's pretty staggering the the little amount of money you have to earn to be ranked in like the top 5% of wow. global earners. Right. You know? So, yeah, we're very, yeah. very blessed. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we need to recapture that contentment. Yeah. And I think, I think gratitude is one of the biggest weapons to fight discontentment. When you're grateful, when you can see what it is, all that God's blessed us with. I mean, man, salvation's more than enough, my goodness. But God has blessed us so far beyond what we can imagine. So when we have that daily gratitude, it really does a good job helping us with that contentment. Yeah, yeah. Well, you ended by talking about four things we can do for to Sabbath and find peace in Jesus. Yeah. One of them being, uh, I'll just list all four of them. Stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. Yeah. What does that look practically? Like, yeah. how do we do that? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we like to be very practical around here. And, obviously. you know, when we say, you know, to Sabbath, you know, what are some things we can do? Well, first thing we have to do is we have to stop. Mm-hmm. We have to stop whatever it is that we're doing in the in the normal rhythm of our life. We have to stop. 
Uh, we have to rest. We have to, whatever it is, maybe it's sleeping in on the weekends a little bit. Uh, maybe it's getting up early and reading a book, whatever it is that brings you rest. Uh, delight is the third one. You know, what is the thing that you really enjoy doing? Is it being out in nature? Is it playing the guitar? Yeah. Is it playing a video game occasionally? Is it being around your family? Mm -hmm. uh, for some people, it's cooking gourmet food and delighting in that food. But do something, you know, uh, Scripture talks about times of fasting. Scripture also talks yeah. about times of feasting. Yeah, and yeah. so you have to delight and then uh, contemplate, which is really a lot of what we've been talking about mm -hmm. already, whether that's reading God's Word, worshiping, prayer, uh, but really setting aside some time in the midst of that stop, rest, and delight to contemplate God's goodness and uh, and to really just, you know, maybe restore the relationship a little bit because ultimately the way our souls are replenished is by going to Jesus. Yeah, that's good. And and never forget that, like, that's one of the reasons God gave us each other. That's right. Mm -hmm. Very few of us are wired to do everything you just said individually right. on a one-on-one -on -one yeah. basis with me being one-on-one -on -one with myself. That's typically driven conversationally. Maybe it is in a group sure. uh, with other guys. Maybe it's in a couple's group with other couples. Maybe it's with a friend over coffee or lunch. But, you know, you can talk these things out with yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, the things I share about parenting or marriage are things that were shared with me. Right. Yeah. As I shared with another a guy, somebody further along in their walk with the Lord, like, hey, man, what are some things you did to help you in your marriage? That whole uh, scale of one to ten, mm -hmm. like, I, I, I got that from somebody else. Sure. I yeah. didn't yeah. pick that up. So don't ever feel like you're having to do this alone. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's 100 percent right. The best times are just wasting time with your friends. Like, the, <laughs> like do you learn so much, man? Right. Like, like every time I hang out with you guys, like I, I learn so much and it's like. We're just we're just hanging out, wasting yeah. time. Yeah, so. and, and and really does replenish, you know, replenishes mm -hmm. the soul. Yeah. Well, good conversation today, guys. Yeah. I think you know I've really enjoyed the series. And Adam, again, thank you for the opportunity to get up and uh, and teach on the weekends. I'm looking forward to this week as we kind of continue that. Uh, but before we go today, I want to talk a little bit about two things coming up on the horizon. Uh, the first being our night of worship and baptism, and that's Thursday, April 14th. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Yep. Uh, from 6 to, to 9. No, no, not 6 to 9. Sorry. <laughs> Man, that's six, a long... <laughs> 6 to 730. 7.30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 7.30. So, we'll I don't know if we can hold there. people in there until 9 o'clock. So what, uh, what all are we going to be doing that night? I mean, obviously, we'll have some music going on. And a what, lot what of music and some baptisms, man, which yeah. are going to be really awesome. I'm fired up about yeah, that. Yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, and we are going to have child care. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So up through first grade. Okay, so first so grade and under. We used Henry as the gauge on that. So <laughs> Henry's in kindergarten, and we're not sure he could make it through an hour and a half of worship. Well, yeah, obviously it's so, 9 o'clock. Uh, yeah, man. my bad. We my just bad. extended the first grade. Yeah. You know, so if you've got little ones up through first grade, um, we'll make sure they're taken care of. Yeah. yeah. Um, second grade and older. Now, look, if you've got a kindergartner that can, more power to you. I right. just know mine. Right. <laughs> so we're not saying you can't bring them with you into right. the yeah. night of worship. Yeah. We're saying if that's something you'd like to take advantage of, yeah. it'll be there. Sure. So yeah, it's going to be a good, a good night. Um, I think it's a great way to kind of start the Easter weekend. Sure so to speak, um, and then that will lead us into what I'm sure we're going to talk about is the second yeah. thing, which is actually Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, yeah. So uh, we did six Easter services last year. That was a lot. That was a lot. Was a this lot. year, we're just going to stick with our normal time, sure. 9, 30, 11. And, um, you know, we passed out some invite tickets this week. They look like this if you're watching. We'll have those available um, for the next two Sundays as well. That's correct. And, um, you know, I kind of made a... a a little declaration there at the end of the service. So I'll say this today and probably a few more times between now and Easter. I have not really over the last two years told our people, Hey, you need to invite your friends to church. 
I mean, I recognize that if you are a truly lost person and you don't know Jesus, our society's told you for the last two years that you don't need to get around groups of people. Mm-hmm. Right. I think we've all watched enough football games and basketball games and seen people yeah. on arenas right. now. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Culturally yeah. speaking, we've gotten past that. Right. So I feel like you are not going to be sacrificing relational equity with someone who doesn't know Jesus to invite them to church mm-hmm. now, Absolutely. whereas yeah. previously that might have been the case, sure. which is why I didn't really you know, challenge that. Right. Yeah. But this is me now saying, no, without apology, you need to invite your friends to church on Easter mm-hmm. because they need to meet Jesus. Right. And there's a lot of them right now who are more aware of that than ever before, Yeah. whether yeah. they're verbalizing it in that way or not. So um, you need to ask them. Now, whether or not they say yes, that's up to the Lord. Right. Your role in this is to ask. Okay. Yeah. So don't wait until the Saturday before Easter. Like, start asking them now. Right. They've mm-hmm. still got a few weeks. They can begin to plan. Hand them one of these tickets. I gave, uh, I've got a, a, a friend in mind who I gave an Easter ticket to last year. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it and everything. And he didn't show. Well, he's going to get another one this yeah, year. That's right. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I already know who one of my tickets is going to. And then there's yeah. a few other people that I'm, I'm praying about. And whether or not my friend comes on Easter, like, we'll see what the Lord does in his life. But my role in his life is to at least ask. That's right. So I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm not doing. And yeah, yeah I can feel a little nervous. It's like, you know, I'm about to give him this and invite him to Easter. But you know what he said last year? Thanks. <laughs> he was grateful for the invite, right. which is what I've seen most people say, say mm-hmm. over the years. So be um, bold about inviting people to Easter this year so that they can meet Jesus. And it's going to be a real clear, you know, Easter message. I'm going to talk about the resurrection. I'm going to talk about salvation. I'm going to mm-hmm. make it simple for people to understand mm-hmm. how they can experience salvation. Yeah. So we really want our people to go out of their way this year to invite not your church friends who go to another church. Right. You know, God yeah. bless them, and we're <laughs> friend, we're fans of all the churches in town. I'm talking about people who don't know Jesus. Right. Friends, neighbors, coworkers. Okay. If they can't join us on campus, you may have some extended family members that live in another state, and you know they don't know Jesus. Invite them to join us online. Yeah, you yeah. know they can hear the gospel clearly presented on Easter Sunday online. So we're really praying this year for a lot of people to meet Jesus mm-hmm. on Easter. So um, we've only got a couple of weeks. Right. So there, there, there needs to be a level of urgency to this, yeah. and the tickets, the invites, are just simply a tool. They're just yeah. a way to try to make that a little easier. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm really looking forward to Easter this year, looking forward to our night of worship, mm-hmm. and I've really enjoyed this conversation today. So yeah. you know, thank you guys, and looking forward to continuing it this weekend. And I think that's a good place for us to kind of wrap it up. So on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, and myself, thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you guys next time.